1: and welcome to my niche podcast about the one thing I know something about, game shows, I suppose. I'm your host Jordan Haas, in a few minutes we'll be joined by Matt Chrisman of Chapo Trap House to talk about The Apprentice. But before then, we gotta do some news and reviews. Over the weekend, Maddie Smith and Jack Allison had a game show. Twitch stream called Are You the Knowledge Lord at twitch.tv slash knowledge lords. And I saw it and I promised them I was going to review it for the podcast. And here it is right now. Maddie, you're a good host and you're very calm and soft spoken. And you had great trivia questions. And and I I have to explain the rules of Are You the Knowledge Lord because it's a game show podcast. Well, not really a game show. I have a game show podcast. This is a game show That's a podcast, but it's Twitch stream. (sighs) Let me explain it. All right, so it's played with three people. Uh, One of them is always Jack Allison. Uh, Maddie Smith is the uh, curator of the questions and also gets to uh, read them off as the host. In the first round, they're on the buzzer. Everyone starts out with zero points. Correct. If they buzz on a correct answer, they get 10,000 points. If they are incorrect, they lose 10,000 points. In round two... Uh, the person in the lead gets to pick their category. And then that category is 10 questions at 10,000 points each. There's no penalty for wrong answers in this round. So whoever is the lowest score uh, is in trouble, more or less. In round three, each person gets a category with 10 questions that was chosen by a guest as something they do not think they will know the answers to. For each correct answer in that, it's worth 20 Points and in round four, it's the list round. In the list round, basically, someone gets eliminated and we go to a list round for 75,000 points, 10,000 lost, and 5,000 if correct. And it was fun. Uh, and there's an itch with the Twitch audience you can donate your gems or bits or whatever they do on Twitch, and you can play sound bites and you can have a say in the scoring system. As you can make someone gain 10,000 points for doing practically nothing, or for someone to lose 30,000 points for doing practically nothing. And as was the case with the pilot episode, Jack Allison lost a whole lot of points and basically ended up losing and not even being qualified for the final round list, which was kind of a shame, I would say. Also, there was a lack of the of them interacting with the audience, which I thought would have made for a much funnier uh, s- uh, show because the idea of this game show is it's like a pub quiz. It's, you know, here's some wacky trivia questions in wacky scenes. And, and Matty Smith did one like called guy Explaining where he pretended to be Guy Fieri and he would be talking about different uh, cuisines from all around the world. And the one who chose it had to guess what that food was. And I thought that was a great, funny, funny series. Um, but they really did not want the chat to be shown because it might give someone an advantage. So it's it's an okay show. It's very funny. I think that's the appeal of the show. If you want comedians uh, giving smart Alec answers to to shows, and you want like a fun comedy panel show that's not just you know stuck on doing current events, like wait wait don't tell me. Uh, this is the show for you called Are You the Knowledge Lord? Uh, but if you're going to go for an actual game show. Here's Maddie. I know you're not wanting to hear this, but Maddie, here's what I would have done if I was to make Are You the Knowledge Lord a pub panel game show thing. Because the appeal of it is Maddie in his question writing, and the appeal of each of the other contestants picking the category for their opponents. So for round one, it's called What You Might Know. Uh, there are going to be 10 questions per guest, so there's three contestants still, uh, based on something they might know before the game. These are all chosen by Maddie himself. So if, if Maddie wants to, we can say, Jack Allison, here's Star Wars. But we know if this is a comedy show, you got to do the following rule of thirds. So you give two good categories per your guest, something that they would both easily know, such as theater or comedy movies or whatever. And then you give the comedy third answer to Jack, because you want Jack to be the butt of the joke. So he gets something he probably doesn't know anything about. Then in round two, you have what they don't know. Uh, the person trailing gets to pick between two subjects. Uh, one player one chose, and one the other player chose. So, uh, for for instance, uh, in this case, uh, Jack would have to choose between uh, category A, which is chosen by the first guest, and then Category B for the other guest. In this round, all the values are worth the amount of points they've banked in the last round. So for instance, uh, for, for the sake of this one, we'll say that Jack got four points just because of, of sheer guessing. That means every question in, in this round is worth four points. If you flunk out and get none of them right, you reset back to zero points. Uh, in round three it is called the big gamble the person goes through the final 10 questions which is the other category so for instance if jack chose category a they'd be choosing category b in this round and the final 10 questions much like the rash round the values are now worth whatever the points were in that round so for, for round two they ended up say jack got four in round one and then got another four in this round that means in round three Every question's worth 16 points. Same rule apply if you flunk out, it's at zero. Uh, That means a possible top score of the first three rounds to 1,000 points. 10 correct answers times 10 correct answers times 10 correct answers. Math is fun. If anyone scores zero points in round one or round two, the next round is played at one point per correct answer, much like in the first round. And there is no time limit in any of these three rounds. Although we assume because round one is what they might know, that round will go by very fast because it's kind of like a get to know this guy and here's their expertise. In <laughs> whoever has the lowest score after three rounds is knocked out of the game. As we go into round four, the chat is no longer given. Oh, wait, never mind. In the first three rounds, there is uh, there is the incentive for the audience. So instead of the scoring system being do- chosen by Bits, it is now going to be given by an auction. Whoever can donate the most gems uh, gives, gives the chat over to one of the three contestants, which means they have the ultimate lifeline, a connection to the social media. They can't Google anything. They can't look up anything, but they can see the chat And they might offer advice to to these contestants. So they can joke around with them, have a fun time. But they could always lose their hand at another contestant if someone else donates a higher amount of gems or or bits uh, to give it to it. For instance, uh, say we had Joe back. We had Joe Hartzler back and Jack Allison. And someone felt sorry for, for Jack, so they donated 100 bits to give control of the chat to jack someone can then donate 101 gems over to joe so then joe has control of the chat and this can can always change hands throughout any of the first three rounds i think that's a nice incentive to not mess with the score a bit and give the people in the chat a way to communicate with one of the contestants so they don't feel like they're just shouting into a void. Um, In after the first three rounds where his low score is eliminated as we move on to round four knockout. In this time around, all the points that they have accumulated after the first three rounds are now converted into seconds. So for instance, if someone got 72 points, that's now 72 seconds. And it's a back and forth chess match to get any random trivia questions. All the questions are provided by Maddie and by the chat themselves beforehand. Because once again, we need to have as much interaction with the chat as possible. So Maddie has questions, uh, the chat submits questions and Maddie just reads them off to these guests. Now in this round, there is no penalty for a wrong answer. It's just the clock keeps ticking and you cannot pass on a question until you say the correct answer. For instance, uh, what African country has the highest population? Well, now, if you get it wrong, you have to keep saying names of African countries until you say it correctly. There is no way to pass in this game, except, in my version, someone donates uh, some 100 bits. Once someone donates 100 bits, the answer is revealed, and the clock passes to their opponent. Uh, whoever is the last one standing, because one of their clocks will eventually run out, will be crowned the Knowledge Lord. I felt that to be a fun little end game because once again you have the involvement of of the chat and you have a fun involvement of just someone, maybe one, maybe both of them, just having this struggle to come up with correct answers. So you might have like someone with like 105 seconds on the clock just start panicking, going, What's going on? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I've never seen this movie. I don't know. And just start naming everything. Now, of course, because this is a comedy game show first and foremost, uh, of course, Maddie can can lean into it and give hints and just say it rhymes with geese. Something like that would be fun. So thank you once again, Maddie, for Are You the Knowledge Lord. I believe they, hel- they hold the show Saturdays at 6 p.m. Pacific time at twitch.tv slash knowledge lords and now let's get to some quick news uh usc network renews temptation island for season two that's right there was temptation island they brought that show back remember the fox show where they saw the the spouses cheating on each other and then they would show the footage and then people would freak out Now that shows getting a season two pickup on usa network watch what happens i think that's their network temptation island follows four unmarried couples at a crossroads in their relationship each must decide whether to commit to each other or ultimately forgive them into temptation, a decision that would change the course of their life forever. Together, the couples traveled to a romantic paradise where they join 24 sexy single men and women, all in search of love. Brace yourselves for hot and heavy nights as the couples embark on an adventure to begin dating these new prospects. Speaking of love, uh, Love Connection got canceled by Fox after two seasons, which I'll just say, I, I mean, it should have been canceled. I love Andrew, I love Andy Cohen, But that show is not a Fox primetime show. That's a syndicated thing to put on, like, next to Wendy Williams. Like, hey, it's like, you know, noon. So let's have Love Connection on. Something like that. A lot of game shows work best in syndication, and Love Connection is one of them. It's not a good primetime hit, although I do like Love Connection. While Fox got rid of Love Connection, they did renew Hell's Kitchen for two more seasons because people love to see chefs have a, a freak out and meltdown, I guess. Go and Ramsey go scream at people for burning a steak or something. Yet again. I thought they were gonna I thought Ramsey was gonna retire soon. I guess not, because Master Chef is a successful show. I guess they want to continue with some Ramsey shows on Fox. I mean if it's working, go for it. You do you, Chef Ramsay. You do you. Just please invite me to your restaurant. I want to see what this whole risotto is all about. So there was uh, MIP TV is coming up, which is where a bunch of people sell formats. And one show is coming from Nippon Television in Red Arrow Studios. They have created a new in-studio format called Beat the Rooms. Here's how the show works. In each episode, two teams try to beat rooms in which they face tests of their ability to overcome a physical or mental obstacle, with players challenged not to do certain things such as breathing, getting nervous, or falling. Each player has their own countdown clock, which runs faster if they break the rules. At the end of each game, players with the least time remaining are eliminated and being sent crashing through a wall. In the finale, each team's surviving players use time saved from the rooms to help them race across a huge, slippery slope without falling off. All right, so a physical game show, maybe more slapstick. I mean, Darrow worked, uh, which is exit in sci-fi. So, so we'll see how that goes. Also, on international corner, ITV2 has a new game show hosted by Joel Dommett where celebrities play to win cash for members of the public with some unpredictable consequences. In real life, if you don't know the answer to a question, you can ask Siri or Alexa. In this show, unfortunately, you're stuck with Tracy. If our celebrities don't know the answer to Joel's unusual questions, they can say, hey Tracy, and enlist the help of his very own virtual assistant. But forget your high-end Silicon Valley artificial intelligence, Tracy was thrown together by some six formers in the late 90s as part of their technology coursework, and she can usually be found tucking into a pie or painting her nails. Each time our celebs summon her help, Tracy can connect them with someone in the real world that might be able to help. Less phone a friend, more like comedy cold calling. And that means everyone from dog groomers to massage parlors, piano tuners to equine dentists, roadside burger vans to reptile houses. So if our celebrities want to win big, they'd better make sure to say, hey, Tracy, Uh, this is like a funnier die thing or I don't know. And somebody, please alert Jack Allison at Jack Allison LL that the Mask Singer finale was last week, and they crowned their winner. It was the Monster, who was no other than T-Pain. He beat the Peacock, which, as we all established, was Donny Osmond, and the Bee, who was Gladys Knight. Now that we all know who the Mask Singer is, it was T-Pain. We can all rest easy knowing there won't be a second season. Oh, wait, there is. Stay tuned. More of that. And finally, uh, one more plug I have to do is one that's a YouTube series I recently discovered. Uh, if you go to youtube.com slash E-N-Y-A-Y, you know, in yay, um, you'll see a guy by the name of Tom Scott. Uh, Tom Scott is a very knowledgeable person, very funny, and he has this new series called The Game Garage, or Game Garage, where he basically test pilot some game concepts with friends that he knows and on the first episode he played this new game show called wait for it and i found it to be really cool and as someone who loves game shows i always love showing off uh, people online doing their own game show formats rather it is maddie smith's are you the knowledge lord all the way to tom scott's wait for it and you guys should check out Wait For It. I don't know if this is the only episode of Wait For It or if there's going to be a new game show, but he does sum up basically how a game show is created and play it with his friends, which I find to be very charming as well. So please check out The Game Garage. Season one just started about five days ago. So by the time this comes up, check in with probably the channel in a couple of days. I'm sure there's going to be another episode then. So... Thanks a lot for, for the cool new game show. Wait for it. I can't wait to see what else he does. It's not personal. It's just business. The opening lines that would be in the title sequence of a reality competition show created by Mark Burnett that nobody would know 12 years later would be the marketing vessel for the President of the United States. A show much like Survivor with two teams competing But not on an island, but in the mean streets of New York, which I guess is an island. Instead of tests of willpower, it's tests of ingenuity, creativity, and just making more money than the other guy. If you win, catered dinners are yours with champagne wishes and caviar dreams. But a failure would lead to a tribal council where it wasn't the team that would vote you out, but one person, the boss. At the end, one person will get a quarter million dollars and work for one of the many legitimate and not at all alleged money laundering companies within the Trump Organization. As President Donald Trump looked for, The Apprentice. The show would have appeal with your fire t-shirts, a board game, and a video game. And for Donald J. Trump, marketing ability for things such as Trump University and Trump Stakes. The Celebrity Apprentice would be a spin-off show featuring an over-the-top cast of musicians, actors, and comedians as they try to raise money for charities. As his show was rising, so was his Twitter in catapulting burferism, that the then-President Barack Obama was an illegitimate president because he was not born in this country. His dire words would make headlines, and seeing money in this he tried to renegotiate his deal with NBC, the network that aired The Celebrity Apprentice, for some more money. His publicity stunt of running for president as a Republican candidate would soon backfire, as somehow, much like on his show, 16 goons would enter, but ultimately, Donald Trump would be the one ruling with an iron fist. Becoming the Republican presidential nominee, he had no choice but to continue his campaign. He could no longer host the show he was executive producer to, but could be a guest on Saturday Night Live. A man without shame, the salesman would convince people in red hats that read, Make America Great Again, that a vote for him is indeed a vote of making America great again. But could any of this have been prevented? Could we have predicted it was going to happen? Could we have stopped President Cheeto Baby Hand Drumpf? Probably not. But let's turn the table! With me on the line is one of the podcast greats, the podcast all-stars, and a winner of gin from a bar in Brooklyn, New York, over a 20-question quiz about game shows. You just might know him from the beloved podcast, Chapo Trap House. Give it up for Matt Chrisman. Hi, hey, everybody. <laughs> Tell me about yourself.
0: <laughs> uh, You know, uh, just... Uh... Just a kid from Bro- in Brooklyn trying to trying to make it happen in the broadcasting industry.
1: As we all are. And uh, there is a certain game show that we are going to be discussing tonight and we promise I read your feedback. I read your emails. We, this podcast has gone too political and I uh, just have to apologize in advance. We're sorry. We're no longer going to make this show a political podcast. Involving game shows. Oh, wait, no, The Apprentice with Donald Trump. He's the fucking president of the United States. Of course, we're fucking going to talk about the fact the fucking president's the fucking uh, host of a game show.
0: Yeah, that is crazy, isn't it? If you think about it.
1: It is uh, (laughs) the roughest, roughest game show out there. It is The Apprentice. So uh, the origin story of The Apprentice basically starts with Mark Burnett. Uh, Mark Burnett, of course, is uh, the guy who made the infamous reality show Survivor. Here to look for his newest hit, he was looking for a Survivor in the Streets type format. Originally, the show was pitched to CBS and they refused because of his failed success of Pirate Master. That was his second big reality show. And CBS kind of was faulty over what The Apprentice could be. So then he took it over to NBC. NBC. NBC, which at the time had no reality television shows to speak of, and they were pretty much dead last in the reality show game, considering of things like ABC with The Mole and The Bachelor, and Fox with Who Wants to Marry My Dad or whatever the hell was going on at the time. NBC had nothing. Really nothing. And then in came The Apprentice, and hey, I'm Mark Burnett, I have a show, and they just fucking, without any word, just went, yeah, sure, okay, okay. And thus, yeah, thank apprentice. God they did. <laughs> and thank God they did. The Apprentice was created a 2004 hit. Originally, the idea is that the is basically off the UK version, which actually came in a few months later with Alan Sugar. The original idea is supposed to be the billionaire uh, tries to figure out which of 12 contestants, or 14, or 16, or 18, it doesn't fucking matter the number, but it's a number of people, and they have to whittle it down uh through means of entrepreneurial skills uh, yeah just,
0: just uh moxie and grit and stick-to-itiveness
1: yeah boot, bootstraps uh uh, uh the uh, the way to be the best grifter that you can ever grift essentially <laughs> just who was the best uh like oil like snake oil salesman is pretty much i guess how the game show is played <laughs> Uh, now,
0: who is the best at uh at not triggering one of Donald Trump's irrational uh hatreds or phobias or something?
1: It pretty because, it's uh
0: there wasn't a lot, as we know now uh from reports and oral histories, there was no rhyme or reason to who he would fire and uh, producers often had to go back and scramble to edit a narrative together that made his decisions make sense.
1: That actually so. was at the end of the episode. Uh, I we watched episodes We well, Matt suffered more. He watched the entire first season again. Oh yeah. I I I can only stomach one episode. So if you're wondering who who is more braver in this episode, then <laughs> it's not me. It's Matt. Uh, the, the In credits, stated that the producers in NBC may have consulted with Donald Trump and his advisors regarding the choices and decisions. However, all eliminated decisions were made solely by Donald Trump. Contestants were informed of the rules and must meet eligibility requirements to receive the announced prizes. Portions of the program not affecting the outcome of the con- competition have been edited.
0: Yeah, uh, all instances of the host uh, saying the N-word have been put in a vault that Mark Burnett is the only person who has the combination to
1: uh and probably some editor who's just like waiting to not get harassed by the fifth resistance person on the internet of the day. It's like if I only get none, I will do it. Nope, reset the clock. Um so uh the first episode of The Apprentice, uh you got introduced all the contestants including one Omarosa who was a political strategist according to her bio.
0: Yeah, she worked uh with the Cl- in the Clinton a uh, white house i believe
1: so and she would later become the infamous contestant we all love to hate all the way to i guess now in the white house that's a sad reality uh but at the time there were so many different characters that we would root for uh, uh spoilers at the end uh well the it the contestant gets to win the trump chicago tower <laughs> or manages Yes, it.
0: which they did eventually make which is more than you can say for most trump initiatives
1: it's uh and it's uh the season one episode first episode was actually an okay because bill rancic won that bill rancic has a wife that does e stuff now everything's good and fang dandy with i guess the rancic family yeah but uh season one episode one had the infamous First episode where you get to meet Donald Trump. Donald Trump hangs out in his Trump plane, talks about how this city can chew you up and spit you out. And when you see the the chew you up part and spit you out, let, let's see some homeless people. You know, poverty porn sells, right?
0: Yeah, well, they're trying to tell you that's what's going to happen if you aren't if you aren't don't have what it takes. You're going to get fired, and then you're you're out of your ass. And they wanted to make sure
1: that you know, it's in the most suffering way possible. As you're introduced to Donald Trump, and apparently he's very wealthy. He's wealthy. He, he's a real estate developer. He's a real estate developer of New York. No explanation as to, you know, how he got the Trump Tower built originally, or who his father was, or the means and ends he of how he got the deals. loans.
0: What? What else do you need to know? He did deals.
1: He, uh, he did
0: deals better than anyone because deals were his art.
1: It is his deals. It is he is the deal maker, Donald Trump. Uh, it is broken up into two teams in season one: VersaCorp and Protege. Those were up to them to come up with their own names because you got to have your own corporation, and your corporation has to have its own name.
0: Yeah, uh, and it should and it should sound like uh, it should sound like a type of uh, like a, a brand of crack. From the wire or something that helps.
1: Sounds. I was gonna go if it sounds more like a multinational thing, like if from a Resident Evil video game or some sort of like evil corporation that you would hear about in like a subtle remark over like a deadly disease. Like, oh, if only the people at VersaCorp would have understood that the this illness could have been prevented, we would have not have this zombie outbreak. Yeah. Uh, the first episode uh basic entrepreneurial skills they get 250 bucks and they must purchase supplies and sell lemonade on the streets of new york to make the most money
0: yeah that's the class that's how that's every entrepreneur's first business is selling uh lemonade in front of their house
1: and uh and each week is some different variation of oh you are a good deal man um episode two was to come up with an advertising campaign to sell a private jet and the owner of the company was Donny Deutsch which at the time I believe was when he still had his MSNBC show the big idea with Donnie Deutsch
0: yeah uh I th- maybe that was before he had that show I don't know you I know he was an ad guy he was a big ad executive uh, and that was his and then that he he for some someone had the bright idea of like this guy who, who, who does advertising and marketing, he needs to be on television. I don't know who thought that was a good idea.
1: Uh, episode three uh, is a task where they had to get a scavenger list of items and were told to purchase them all during the day at the lowest possible price. According to the monologue, the art of negotiation, buying the right thing at your price and fitting it into the budget.
0: Yeah, that's, that's, see, that's the essence of a deal. It was, it's, that's what's so good is that every one of these challenges is a different element of doing deals. And it's all, it's like the fractal. The deal is a fractal. And then there are the different planes and and facets. And that's what every episode dealt with.
1: Week four, ethics (laughs) ethics schmectics is the name of the episode. The teams are required to collectively manage the Planet Hollywood restaurant in Times Square.
0: They did such a great job that it's still there to this day.
1: Absolutely can't see no, where it is gone. They might it's as not well there. they might as well have worked at what the olive garden like what other the WWF Times Square thing like
0: Papa shrimp I think was there by that point. I don't know. Uh but no, that that planet Hollywood is gone.
1: Oh, absolutely! I, I, as
0: I, as all of them are, I think. I think they're they're all gone.
1: I think the only one left is Vegas. I think Vegas is the only one left.
0: That wouldn't make sense. I, I went to the one in Chicago when I was a kid. I got fajitas. Uh,
1: what kind of props were there? Uh, like a uh, Rocky for uh, Love? Uh,
0: well, the thing is, is that a lot of them are are doubles because a lot of those props they made a bunch of, and so a lot of them are you're going to see the same ones everywhere. The one they had in Chicago. That was apparently special because there wasn't another one anywhere else. Was the ear that uh, Tyler McLaughlin finds in Blue Velvet?
1: Well, that's an actually that's actually not that bad of a prob. you're going to get. Some yeah, that was good. That well, movie. I mean, I was
0: a kid though. I hadn't seen that movie. I just like I thought it didn't really mean anything to me. You're just like, uh, what is uh, this that? ear doing here? It's I was more impressed with the, how sizzling the fajitas were. They were really. It really is a show. They bring the fajitas out. The
1: steam comes so, out, and you're just going to be like, wow. All,
0: all the senses. you got the popping and the sizzling, and you've got the huge waft of steam. Uh, it's a whole production.
1: It's a whole production. It's dinner and a show together at once.
0: Yeah. But I'm trying to think of all of the uh, – because because Hard Rock Cafe was the first entertainment industry theme restaurant, and then it spawned a bunch of the other ones, all of which I think are gone now. Planet Hollywood lasted, I think, the longest. But there was also uh, there was the Model Cafe or Fashion Cafe, and that was model themed, which was also in Times Square at one point. I know and Universal. There was also,
1: yeah, Universal Studios had the Marvel Cafe, which is is comic that, how movie. is that
0: not how is that not still around now? There should be thousands of those, given all the goddamn movies. The goop. Yeah, like people love that goop. You get the queso. You get the goop queso.
1: It's all good, and people. And, you get you get break the internet, and and yeah, probably if you your toilet after you
0: get a you get a Fandos glove full of, of marinara sauce or something. I <laughs> can't believe that doesn't exist. Well, this but was, the ones, but <laughs> another one was there was the uh, ESPN Zone, and then also the NASCAR uh, Cafe, and all of those are gone now.
1: It just doesn't work, but yeah, so. Chain restaurants, obviously a hot seller, especially in 2004, so no wonder they would uh, make that task. Week five, uh, starting with seed money, the teams are required to purchase items and sell them at the greatest profit return at an open-air flea market. Classic. Week six was raise money for Sotheby's
0: raise money for some of these that's a kind of funny way to put it Yeah, so
1: the be celebrity <laughs> auction the teams were told to sign up to benefit the elizabeth Glaser pediatric aids foundation uh oh, okay the, i thought but, they were
0: just giving it to some of these
1: or they're just giving it to celebrities like regis yeah. philbin and carson daly and tiki barber
0: all of them still huge stars to this day
1: At the t- and most of these people would wind up on celebrity apprentice in one form or another yeah that's true uh, 7 is uh, just rent out apartments because fuck it, life doesn't matter anymore 8, self-bottled water called Trump Ice the infamous Trump Ice made it yeah, debut week of... 8
0: it's amazing that because yeah, it really was the apprentice that made him president, way more than his money or his real estate empire or whatever bullshit, it was the fact that he was a celebrity, people associated with success and with uh, you, know, you know, With business acumen. Oh, he's going to make the government run like a business. But the first season, I think, was the mo- one of the most highly rated. I think it was, I remember it was a big ratings bonanza. And then they usually, most of those shows over time, they get, they lose their uh, novelty and the ratings go down. So you'd think a ton of people would have remembered them selling this bottled water that is not available anymore. <laughs> That water is not to be purchased anywhere because the fucking thing immediately failed.
1: According to Nielsen, the average was 20.7 million viewers.
0: Yeah, and they all saw, oh, Trump Ice. Where can I get that? Nowhere.
1: Nowhere. You gotta get it or just refill it like a tap water. Get your tap water out. (sighs) I know it's it's a tough subject for you. I know... But look, you know what? How about you just give it to Virgil then? How about you just send over to Virgil when this is done? Just...
0: Right. I would like to see... I would love to get uh, a... Um, Trump Ice might be available on eBay or something, and I would like to have him try it that's, and uh, and review it.
1: That, that's the future hot content. You've heard it here first. Yeah. Uh, then one is some, get some painter to paint some art and then sell the art. Uh... A pedicab shift because, yeah, gotta be humble. Also, uh, the winning team decided the best best idea was to sell ads on their pedicabs, inspired by NASCAR. That's good because you got ads. You got to have the ads. Ads are good. Then they. By
0: the way, I'm checking eBay, and you can buy Trump ice uh, for not that much money.
1: I Uh, prices for right guessing five dollars and forty five cents.
0: Uh. Well, okay. There's, there's a wild variety of prices here. There's a single bottle for six bucks. All right. Uh, and then there is three bottles for sixteen dollars. But then there's one that has as its asking price that it, there's it's not an uh, open uh, auction. It's just the asking price, six hundred and fifty dollars. So I don't know what's different about that one. Actually, what's interesting is all the labels of all of these look different. So I'm wondering how many of these aren't even really Trump, uh, Trump ice.
1: You know, someone has to make money somehow, so they're probably putting some stickers on some bottled water and calling it Trump ice.
0: I think that's what's happening. I think there's scams and scamolas happening on eBay.
1: It's a Nathan for you bit all along. Uh, Week twelve, they tried to sell a luxurious penthouse at the Trump World Tower for less than twenty, for no less than twenty thousand. So just do Trump's bidding, because marketing wise. And then week thirteen, when it was the final four, it's the interview process. Now here's why I had to go week by week. Typically on the Apprentice, at least in the UK edition, with Lord Sugar the prize is not something of trump's bidding it's actually a 50-50 partnership in the contestant's company with a with a salary to match
0: ah now we're talking
1: so it's all so when week 4 arrives with the final 4 they go through a big interview process talking about their company shark tank style you know hey this is my company i'm selling i don't know grilled cheese sandwiches in a taco truck I'm, uh, I'm, I'm selling a pet care supplies. I'm going to do this. And of the four, that's when he decides to fire half the staff and then do that final two. Big, risky challenge. In the UK version, they say you're hired to both of the contestants. So they do not know they have won until air date.
0: Oh, damn.
1: Just to psych them out and just have them screwed over, I guess. But in the, of course, here with Mr. Donald Trump, uh, it's done live at Rockefeller Center, where they film Saturday Night Live.
0: Yes, which he also hosted. Man, NBC has a lot to answer for.
1: It is I'm just putting, I'm just saying, most of the blame should be at NBC's expense here because it they... should.
0: After Trump leaves office, Rockefeller Center should. It either be seized or ritually demolished.
1: And, and essentially, we it goes on from there. Different competitions, different challenges every week. It's two teams, and whoever does the best uh, gets a small fun prize. The others, one of them will be fired. Uh, basically a project manager who is supposed to be the team captain of the challenge. And two of their selections uh, enter the final stage in the boardroom round where it's so dramatic because it's basically just who sucked the most? Why did they suck? Well, that sucked. Whose fault was that? And it's just them yeah, the classic arguing. infighting.
0: We all love to see. It just, That's it, when people, as they say on these shows, throw each other under the bus. Which they always talk about on reality shows uh game shows, but it would really be nice if once in a while they someone actually did it.
1: Well, if there was like a car-based show where you actually like America's Best Bus Driver, I think that would... <laughs> Coming soon to Discovery Channel. The, the <laughs> it's, Oh, looks like you've been thrown under the bus. Time for you to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, The Apprentice would later become such a phenomenon it sold uh, its own PC CD-ROM game where you can learn spelling and and mix <laughs> ice cream like that's the game is uh, is essentially one of those point and click games you play on sh- like sh- on shockwave.com in like the in on the iMac days of computers <laughs> or or sounds if you like really a want Trump or product. if you want a real accurate pr- depiction of it it's the Busy Town game for for Sega Genesis where it's just <laughs> you're running a fucking like hamburger stand and some guy walks up to you and says I would like a chocolate ice cream okay push the chocolate ice cream button here you go now imagine that but with like a crappy stock image of Donald Trump looking like a cartoon character looking at you going well why should I not fire you if you didn't do so well
0: that it also sounds sparked great
1: its own want- board game
0: yeah I remember seeing the board game I don't understand how that would work I guess somebody has to play Trump uh
1: well there's some ways to do that uh one of them is basically everyone pitches something and one serves as the trump of the round and then fires them others is like a like a card game where you just put the cards in and then money like some sort of like rpg where you just have to like level up your character so you don't get fired for the week uh
0: that sounds awful
1: these are all awful all of them did not sell and let's continue on, shall we? Let's, uh, there was a spinoff called uh, uh, The Apprentice Marfa Stewart featuring Marfa Stewart before the taxes hit. That, that, that era of Marfa Stewart.
0: Yeah. And then, of course, Celebrity Apprentice, where the one people really remember because it had things like Gary Busey having a nervous breakdown on national television.
1: That's what and also uh,
0: Meatloaf having a national... Down.
1: in a clip I'm thinking of running yeah. for president what do you think meatloaf meatloaf says I would vote for you so fuck you meatloaf
0: yeah he did help encourage him he's, he's got a lot of, he's got a lot of blood on his hands not just from the uh, ground beef he,
1: I, he's the push he was the push that did it now I can never yeah. watch Rocky Horror Picture Show ever again yeah uh, Martha Stewart got cancelled after one season Celebrity Apprentice, uh, of course, would become a small cult phenomenon. Uh, the difference between that version is, of course, all the people are playing for charity, and unlike in the regular version, where the rules state you can't call all your famous friends for money, they can do that on this show. So half the time that's how it's, it's just so half the time it's just Gene Simmons on the phone. Hey, can you lend me like a hundred grand right now?
0: <laughs> uh, that's, you- well, I mean, that's very. Uh, that's actually much more. Reflective of Trump's business model in his actual uh, career.
1: Just because I need money. just I just need money to win. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, Donald Trump became president of the United States. Uh, chaos happened, and he couldn't host Celebrity Apprentice anymore. So it had to go to former governor of California, Arnold Schwarzenegger.
0: And it bombed. That also failed. And it really is, it shows that the missing, the only real meaningful ingredient of that show is Tim. I remember reading that the original idea was they were going to have a different million, they were going to have a different boss every year. They were. And, and they just, once they had him do one season, like, no, he's the guy. He um. is the rambling, sweaty oaf that we need. And it's, I think it's that edge of cruelty, and you need that. Because Schwarzenegger is just too affable.
1: Funny enough, a few of the names that were actually on that list. Uh, one was, of course, Mark Cuban, which will later do the benefactor, and then Shark Tank. Uh, number two was Howard Schultz, the guy who's all over the news these days.
0: <laughs> because- God damn! Uh, both of whom, by the way, have been talked about. As I mean, and, and of course, Schultz now is actually going for it. Talked about his potential presidential. So basically, whoever got that. Hired for that would would be president now. Yeah. Whoever got that first season would now be president. So and, that's the real sliding doors ass moment there, because uh, whoever because if they had just shifted the order around and given had somebody else do it the first year and not Trump, that person we know for certain would be president right now.
1: It it real I mean it really could have been. I mean Alan Sugar was also in the talks to do it. Uh, also, um, that would
0: have failed miserably. We don't want to see some freaking British dickhead with a ridiculous Willy Wonka name. Yes, Richard Branson
1: uh, was also on the finale list of that of the possible hosts.
0: Yeah, I don't think that would have worked. But I don't if, know. I mean, I think the thing is, is that is that having somebody like Simon Cowell humiliate sweaty idiot kids trying to sing that we like because we have an instinctive disdain for entertainers, even if we, you know, even if we value them or, or worship them in some ways, we also have a, a deep seated need to see them humiliated. Whereas uh, with our economic betters, with our, with our captains of industry, they are genuine sort of figures of, uh, of virtue who we think are deserving of their status and having some foreigner show up and fire them, I think would, uh, would, would be not satisfying. So, they made, they they certainly for the point of view of making the show successful made the right choice for the point of view of dooming the country they made the wrong one
1: that and that's the the main storyline here so that's the essentially we already got through the format it's just week after week someone gets fired by Donald Trump because temper tantrum or i don't like the way you look or may, maybe he maybe the coffee machine broke that day or or they ran out of diet coke in the vending machine we don't know uh the presentation made it look, and this is the, the part we have to get to, because the, 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 that's just the game. The game is just who's the best advertising salesman person, which I can understand as the show, because it's America. We're an ultra-capitalist country, and this is the most capitalistic game show ever created. It's just how can you take money off of goons in the streets of New York? Yep. Uh, the presentation-wise uh, is basically just one giant ad for Trump International, and the Trump Organization and uh, the, 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 the Trump flights, Trump ICE, uh, the Trump Tower of Chicago when it was being built, Trump Country Clubs. And originally, that was not supposed to be the case. It was not supposed to be, let's all flash Donald Trump stuff. It was supposed to be every week just some product placement because it's easy for us to get the rights. Companies will jump on board. And originally, not a lot of people wanted to do The Apprentice because they knew how Donald Trump was and his failed ventures and his failed game shows. Did you know this is not the first game show Donald Trump had his name to?
0: Okay, that I did not know.
1: He originally had a game show at the Trump Taj Mahal called Trump Card. (laughs) What? It was based off a UK game show called Bob's Full House. And he was only there on the first episode to talk about just like in real life, if you're smart and use your wits, you can be rich. And it's like Good the big Lord. puffy hair Donald Trump.
0: Wow, and the, that's amazing. And it I would like royally. to see that.
1: It is great.
0: Uh, I would like to see that, actually. Is that on YouTube? It
1: is on YouTube.
0: Okay, that's a watch. I'm that definitely is when I that. was
1: like, I, I should, should I tell someone from Chapo this? Should I tell yeah, Matt that no, this?
0: That's getting watched. Thank you for the tip definitely watching that
1: i hope you found it if not i'll link it later t <laughs> just it is such it is not that bad of a show but i don't know it's the premiere episode had donald trump's appearance other than that he's not even anywhere in it just like uh any of his ventures it just ended and fizzled out after the first season
0: not, uh, <laughs> successful that he didn't need to do another season
1: i think he was too busy that's training. what that means I think he was too busy trying to get WrestleMania at the time, to be honest. I think, like, because he was trying to get that WrestleMania bid from Vince. It's because he,
0: he was worried that he'd been killed.
1: Guilt. I need something. Uh, also, the show presentation, besides being one giant ad for Donald Trump stuff, is sometimes, in the, at least in the later seasons, an advertisement for different promotional things. Uh, Zathura, for instance, the the beloved movie Zathura, that was the sequel to Jumanji people seen it right
0: oh man that was the space version yes i never watched it but i i remember seeing the trailer and it was yeah it was it was board game like like that like jumanji but it was in space instead of the jungle
1: i think it was for one it was they had to come up with a float for (laughs) zathura a float like a float like you're at the thanksgiving day parade float
0: that's that's good. That's see. That's the kind of thing you need to know how to do if you're going to succeed in business in this country. Know how to create a themed float to promote a film based on a the sequel of a film based on a board game.
1: It, it's how it works. It's it, it can't get any better than that in the world of of game shows. <laughs> like yeah, people crying over. I I wanted that that bottled water to be sold for $3 and you sold it for 2.75. This is your fault. Fuck you. Get get off. I hope you get fired and eliminated. I hate you.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's just pathetic.
1: It, it it's it's a it's a show that had cult phenomenon and at no point does it actually teach you what is and isn't actually ethical business practices
0: or effective or sensical
1: and the only thing you is the dark shady boardroom which wasn't even his real boardroom it was a studio
0: that is really the thing that that disillusioned me most of all is knowing that that wasn't even mr trump's boardroom
1: the, the only thing because everyone knows at this point donald trump is a not a, a, not a neat and tidy person he has, his room is just covered in like old newspapers with himself uh, boxing and, the,
0: and even fake newspapers with his, his his name on them, and fake magazine covers.
1: It just it's all these things he has to hoard. He's a hoarder, so when you see The Apprentice, he just has this one boardroom. He has this two helpers, one on the left, one on the right. They have a giant rotation of people. Some from the Trump family, like uh, what's her face, you know the one, and the old dude who's more than likely probably gone by now.
0: No, that guy's probably dead. They didn't ever have the sons, did they?
1: Uh, they, I think they did show up in guest appearances, though, as the. Assistants. But they were
0: never. They were never the. They Don were Junior never...
1: was. Don Junior was actually. Now I think. Oh, he was for Los Angeles.
0: Too. Oh, okay. The, I didn't their see their that Los season.
1: Angeles seasons because on that season, because uh, I remember correctly, because hey, now they're because I'm Los Angeles, you're New York. Hey, they're coming to my area now. They're coming to my neighborhood.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: And they still fucked it up, and their whole gimmick this time around was, well, you stay in the mansion, but if you lose, you go to Tent City. You gotta go hang out in the backyard with these tents. Brave the temperatures, because you lost.
0: Well, I guess it's lucky they didn't make him go to, like, fucking, uh, like, Skid Row or something.
1: Oh, if only we were so lucky. They did show clips of Skid Row, by the way, in that season.
0: Reminding you of the fate of the bad businessman.
1: Just horrible, horrible uh, things in in regards to the Apprentice. I, I the thing is though, the Apprentice is basically one big catapult for Donald Trump, and you know he has ego, his whole thing. It's it, it's the way he is. It's his personality, and it's the way the show is presented. Is Donald Trump is the big boss, and that's the storytelling they want to have. They want that scene of like the 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 person cl- crawling on all fours to the office, like yo, you need me, sir, and then that evil boss. Johnson, you fucked up, you're fired. They want that. That's, that's the, you're fired. You're fired mania sweeping the nation. Everyone's saying to each other, you're fired.
0: Yeah. Uh, it's it's like, it, that was always most baffling because you think, well, wait a minute, you know, who in America, a country where people generally don't have uh, uh, union job security or job security of any kind where their jobs are very tenuous and there's a lot of precarity, why would you want to watch this asshole Fire People? And it's just because you're not imagining that you're the contestant, you're imagining that you're him. What you're imagining if, that you're in charge for once.
1: What if what if at one point during the show, this is just in my attempt to reboot The Apprentice, what if at one point during the show, if you like a contestant and you don't want them to get fired, you all unionize and decide to leave all on the same time? Yeah. So, therefore, good luck having
0: your stupid show then, asshole.
1: You're gone. Oh, wow. Now there's no more show. That sucks.
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean, and if as long as you because uh, Trump's old way of dealing with that is that he would just call immigration on the people that he had fi- hired to do things, like, for example, uh, the uh, Polish workers who helped build Trump Tower in the first place. But yeah, if you're not if you're a citizen, then there's nothing you can do, and you can own it. You can own the hell out of them. Um,
1: and while it did lead to Donald Trump, The Apprentice, as we know it here in America, has, for one way or another, has ended. It's no longer a viable franchise in television.
0: Who knew? Yeah, well, because Trump, because they had. Because they fired him first, is the thing. They fired him because he r- started running for president and being racist. And they're like, oh, no, that's going to lose us sponsors. Because America hates racism. Uh, and then, and then they, yeah, they tried to bring it back with Schwarzenegger. And, it, and the, it, what it all ended up being was him. He is the reason it worked. He is the reason that anybody cared. And people were like, we love this show so much that we want it to be on every single day and I, on every channel. The, which is what we now live in.
1: The only channel, the only network that still has The Apprentice as a current show is in the UK. The Alan Sugar version. Sir Lord Alan Sugar himself. His version's the yep. only one still on the air. There's one going on actually, I believe, next week.
0: Wasn't the Canadian one with Mr. Wonderful himself, Kevin O'Leary?
1: Oh, shit. I think, uh, no, I don't think they ever went through with that. I don't think.
0: You're fired, eh? I guess you couldn't have a show where people get fired in Canada. Uh, but but their... Kevin
1: O'Leary was on the Dragon's Den show, which is Shark Tank in America.
0: Oh, right. The Canadian Shark Tank, yeah.
1: Yeah, and same with that was Robert Herjavec. They kind of just pulled uh-huh. half those people because they figure, oh, well, they are familiar with the format. And then they just brought on, like, Laurie Grenier and, yep. and uh, the Barbara Corcoran. The only person who, who is probably more qualified to talk about New York real estate, I guess. <laughs> just the, the one lady. And uh, so Alan Sugar's version is, is pretty much the same as The Apprentice with Donald Trump, only instead of, here is some stuff from my old tech company in Amstrad, it's just, sell some candy. Uh, the best one I've seen was last season's, or la- sorry, last series, don't want to get the complaints, uh, where they did one where it was make your own virtual reality video game. And, <laughs> and Wait,
0: how are you supposed to do that?
1: They hired basically they got a a, a crew of a developer and a artist and a uh, a campaign like guy with Photoshop, like a a team of three, and they got two days to make the game, and then they had to pitch it and sell it to a like an E3 in, in the UK. But the
0: funniest thing
1: was, like, the way they presented it was this really shitty CGI, like, Alan Sugar, like, in a virtual hellscape as everyone put on VR helmets. It is the greatest dumb thing I've ever seen.
0: That's amazing.
1: I will send you the link. You will bust out laughing. Can't do it right now. We are recording, but Jesus, it's like. I can't believe this exists. <laughs> <laughs> um, the the Apprentice in the UK still goes on. And in a way, it's actually, I would say, an improvement over the US version because only of the fact of at least the person who wins isn't necessarily fucked over. It's a 50-50 partnership in a company that they can still run and manage.
0: So, well, good luck with them in that, in their endeavors. Enjoy, enjoy your your entrepreneurial venture in the post-Brexit hellscape of resource scarcity and a mutual murder the that f- England will be soon. The
1: only fun fact about The Apprentice that I can also think of is that the Nick Hewer of the UK version would actually later become the host of the, one of the longest running game shows called Countdown. Mm. So if you love math and you love spelling...
0: I were. love neither of those things, so no, thank you. I'll stick with, steer clear.
1: <laughs> you gotta, you just gotta get going. You just gotta just.
0: Nah, s- no, scrabble, thank you. Scrabble. Pass.
1: Okay. Pass. Okay, man. I'll just. Oh, uh, maybe that's. I'll just hand that out to someone else. Then I'll throw that over to someone else. Um, yeah. Anyway, so now that's about what the apprentice is. It's it's basic it's a simplistic game show. Mark Burnett made a next hit. So therefore he now has Mark cloud to sell another few reality television shows. It wasn't a fluke that was survivor, which was just an offshoot of another game show that already existed. This was his own original brainchild. And even then, even the crew members didn't really care for Donald Trump. They intended to make it have porn music. They intended to make it look sleazy because maybe they already knew they fucked up.
0: Yeah. So, uh,
1: what would you do to improve the show? Should the show be rebooted? If so, how?
0: Well, as I said, we already are living in an expanded reboot sequel where every channel all day is the show, and we're all contestants. Every person on earth is a contestant on this new, extended, endless last season of the show where we're all scrambling to not die uh, and uh, prevent ourselves from being fired by the president, either in the form of him literally murdering us with a drone strike or letting our uh, rivers get so polluted with heavy chemicals that we develop cancer or drowned in some sort of hurricane or uh, some other global warming-related weather disturbance, caused by unmitigated CO2 emissions. One way or another, we're, we are all now contestants in The Apprentice. Uh, and it's, it's a, it's a 364, 24-7, uh, omni-game omni show that we're all in. So there's there's no talk of rebooting or, or bringing it back because we're living in it. And uh, it, when it's canceled, uh, so will the human race be.
1: All right. But can we like at least have like one of these like no name rich people hosted instead or <laughs> like
0: No, what, are you, I mean, in, what are you do I mean what are you going to do? Unless they involve them getting shot in the head, like they they actually murder them when they get fired. That then I don't see how it could in any you what are you going to do? You okay, so we make
1: it like show. It's a circus-based game show now, and when you're fired, you're fired from a fucking cannon. How about that?
0: Someone needs to die, is all I'm saying. Every episode needs to end in death, because if you can't go back down to a regular, symbolic, televised so spectacle after this, after the TV has absorbed reality. You can't go back to the representing things fairly on a televi- in a tele- fake television spectacle. It's moving backward. and we where well, There is no going backward. There's only endless, accelerating presence.
1: Okay, what if they get fired, they do the same taxi cab bit, they still have their same confessional, like, oh, man, I really didn't want to get fired, and it, right at the end, the, the taxi cab blows up.
0: Okay, that I can work with that, maybe, yeah. I think, I, may, see, I think it should be, go, it should get out of the center and go into the periphery. It should be maybe like a, on a Somali pirate ship.
1: Okay, there we go. Now we're talking here. Now we're bringing back Pirate Masters, but on a whole new level.
0: Right. Yes, exactly. Uh,
1: is, so that that is... I mean, I would just say, just, you know, not do it. <laughs> Don't do The Apprentice. Like, every, every fucking game show, even, like, after The Apprentice has become some form of it. Like, that's Hell's Kitchen, in a way, is Gordon Ramsay firing people. It, it's project runway yeah. is is your, your no dog they dog.
0: all they all have all of them all like the top chef model is really just the apprentice originally
1: it, it's so so there's no real way to reboot the show because you're right matt it's already our real life now
0: yeah it's every day we're all contestants
1: it is we're all just
0: trying not to get fired
1: it's you versus you uh, what? who can do this the cheapest? Who can do this the fastest? I don't care what you do. I just want it done now. And then when it's done hastily, I got to complain about it. So, yep. So that, I, I don't know if that, how that could work. I think The Apprentice cannot be rebooted. If if you're going to get a different host of a, a skeleton, like a, a, a cartoon skeleton, something you found at the at, like, the at the Spirit Halloween store after Halloween so you can get it for cheap. Just put him in a chair and just record that for, like, 20 minutes as there's people, like, bantering against each other.
0: Yep, yeah, that sounds about right.
1: Same show. N- nothing different. It works. Because there's always going to be someone bitching about somebody to another person and then some person in the middle going, oh, geez. Because that's The Apprentice. And the fun part is, you'll never know who gets fired until the very end. Because they'll, be, yeah. they'll be dead. Uh, that That's the... I think we've covered most of The Apprentice. Like, what else is there to talk about with The Apprentice?
0: Just that uh, uh, I think Bill Rancic, being the first winner, was the only one to actually get a career out of it. But I would have to go back and look at everyone else. But, but my guess would be that they didn't. He was able to and it's telling that what he did His he didn't stay in business. He didn't form his own company. He was with the Trump org for a little bit. And then he ended up marrying a uh, a hostess and then a TV hostess. And then he had his own reality shows, his own game shows. Because why would anyone want to do a real job when you can be on TV? I
1: just, I don't. All uh All right. <clears throat> So, uh, before we get going here, Matt, there's two final things I left. You apparently, uh, according to your Twitter, won some gin at a bar doing 20 questions about game shows.
0: Yeah, it was part of a, a larger quiz night, but they had one extended category of quiz shows. And they didn't even say this beforehand, but after we finished the round, they said that the team that got did the best because the bar is closing and they were just giving shit away from their their stockpiles i guess and so they had an empty they had an unopened bottle of gin and they're like hey we will give this to whoever whichever team did the best on the game shows categories and it was my team and frankly it was me because there were some other team members but honestly they were mostly dead weight frankly in that category that was all me
1: there's a reason you're considered the professor of chapo trap house you are the smart one you wear the blazers Indeed. with the little patch on your elbow, all that stuff.
0: don't have any patches yet, but I'm looking into getting some patches. Uh, I think that might that might accentuate the look.
1: I would ask, like, what were the questions? But I'm pretty sure it's all, like, easy things like, what game show does Alex Trebek host? And,
0: no, not like that. Like, in the, the Jeopardy question was, who wrote the jingle that they played oh, during the last question? Murph yes, Griffin, correct.
1: That's the lullaby yes. for the daughter. Yeah, yeah, the, that's what's, yeah. It's things like that that's probably already been brought up on this show, <laughs> over the first six episodes. Yeah. Uh, before we get going, Matt, there is one final thing because there's always a game show here on the Game Show Podcast. It's a lightning round. I have, yeah. I have right now in my hand. Listen to that weird paper, that ASMR paper. Five questions here. For everyone, you get right, you get one free plug. Usually, podcasts, okay, cool. Usually, podcasts offer two. We're giving you a full five if you can get all five questions right. You only have sixty seconds, however, to answer them.
0: Are okay, I'm ready.
1: All right, beat me. Let's put sixty seconds on the clock. Here we go. Best item to get at Planet Hollywood.
0: The fajitas, obviously.
1: What would be your apprentice team name?
0: The aristocrats, street smarts or book smarts? Uh, book smarts. Come on, I gotta go dance with the one that brung me.
1: What did you do with the gin that you won?
0: I drank it. I watched Genesis. I watched Terminator Genesis and drank
1: it. Ooh, that sounds good. If you could fire one member of Chapo Trap House, who would it be? Uh, me. All right. Well, guess what? We are gonna send this over to Will, and we'll get right on that. Uh, congratulations, you got all five right. Hell yeah. Matt, what are your five plugs?
0: Damn, I don't even know if I'm going to be able to use these. I might have to hold on to some of them for later. Uh, I guess one, obviously, is the podcast that I'm a co-host of, Chapo Trap House, twice weekly on Patreon, for also for exclusive content. I guess uh, I'd also like to plug that uh, the Chapo Twitch stream is going to have a lot more Uh, Content coming up in the coming months. Uh, Not just Felix playing uh, Murdering Children and Fortnite. There's also going to be me and Virgil doing talk show, and we're going to be playing tabletop games and things like that. Uh, I think that's all I need, really. I can't think of what else I need to plug.
1: How about the book, Chapo Trap House? Oh, fuck. God
0: damn it. (laughs) I I guess (laughs) he buys books, and everybody bought it when it was new, so I forget that Books are still available, but they don't just take them all off the shelves. So, yeah, the Chapel Guide to Revolution is still apparently on bookstore shelves and you can buy it.
1: Get it before it becomes a hot commodity that predicted the end of the world. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you so much, Matt Chrisman, for stopping by here on the Game Show podcast. It was a pleasure talking to
0: you. Yeah, thank you for having me.
1: Here's some closing notes. Winner of season one, Bill Rancic, Trump Chicago. Season two, Kelly Perdue, the Trump race in Riverside. Season three, Kendra Todd of the Palm Beach Mansion. Season four, Randall Pinkett of Trump Entertainment. Remember that? Season five, Sean Yazbek got Trump Soho. Season six, Stephanie Schaefer got Cap Canna. Season seven was the First celebrity Apprentice season one and Piers Morgan won that. Boo. Season eight was Joan Rivers, rest in peace. Season nine was Brett Michaels of Rock of Love fame. Season 10 was the back of the return with Brandy Kutzel, who got a VIP golf tournament. That was her prize. Season 11 was John Rich. Season 12, Arsenio Hall, woo, woo, woo. Season 13, Trace Atkins. Season 14 was Lisa Gibbons. And then season 15 was the Schwarzenegger season. That was Matt Eisen of American Ninja Warrior fame. Whereas winners have been named the executive vice presidents on air and given the title of owner's representative, in actuality, they were employed as publicity spokespeople for the Trump organization. The second season winner, Kelly Perdue, on his first day working for Trump was introduced by his boss to Florida developers working on a Trump branded condo in the Trump Tower in Tampa, Florida, where he was told that he would help promote sales of the building by appearing at promotional events. So ultimately, everyone here, basically got conned welcome to the apprentice i was trying to figure out where the source was where they were trying to come up with hosts for the apprentice before it was trump but i can't really find it anywhere and i'm pretty sure it's in a book somewhere that i've read but there was things like mark like mark cuban and howard schultz being in the names of content of like possible bosses for the show uh so that's kind of fascinating to see Uh, Once again, big thanks to Matt Chrisman. Of course, you can check out Chapo Trap House and buy the Chapo Guide Revolution, a manifesto against logic, facts, and reason. And you can always check out twitch.tv slash Chapo Trap House with lots of fun content over there. And now it's time for a 110-part series looking at every pricing game on The Price is Right. This is Pricing Game Spotlight. Mystery Prize is the pricing game where contestants must make more money than the actual price of the Mystery Prize to win that and the grand prize. Premiere date, September 26, 1973. Tape number 0563D, aired out order November 29, 1973. Play on turntable. Gameplay. A prize package was announced, and the price of one of those prizes, usually least expensive, was the Mystery price, which was concealed on a game board. The contestant was then shown four small prizes, one at a time, and was asked to bid on each one. If the contestant's bid for a prize was at or below its price, the contestant won the prize, and the amount of the bid was added to their credit into a bank. If the contestant's bid was higher than the price of the prize, they lost the prize and earned no credit. The goal was to bid as close to the price without going over in order to build up the most credit. After all four small prizes were bid on, the mystery price was revealed. If the contestant had at least as much credit in the bank as the mystery prize, they won the prize package. If not, they still kept any small prizes won during bidding. Retirement. Mystery prize was quickly retired due to its complicated and confusing rules. Despite this, the game had a favorable win record of 11-6. Uh, that means its finale date was February 21st, 1974, number 0774-D. So let's play the Losing Horns right now. Thank you. I mean, it's an okay game. I kind of like the idea of as much as uh, without going over. Uh, ultimate drama is, I guess, just if you screw up once and then have one small prize be enough. Uh, I felt the game to be very complicated. I watched it for this segment, and It's boring. I think in the future it should have just been one or two items, and then get closest without going over for a third more expensive item. Personally, I think that that would have been a much cooler idea. If it was me, it was like, hey, what? Uh, you play it for a vacation, like a nine thousand, eight thousand dollar vacation, and then you have two things, like you know, um, some furniture or or a television, and then you been on that. I mean, like that could have easily been the new mystery prize. You could have easily made it more smaller and more acceptable if those that case not with these four small prizes. But oh well, that's that's how mystery price works. It's um. It should have been a little quicker. I think it should have just been two prizes and one third bigger prize, but it's not, and that's why it got canceled. It only got played seventeen times overall, and obviously it it sucked. And that's going to do it for Pricing Game Spotlight today. (laughs) Nothing else to talk about. Uh, There was a giant red circle. Uh, There was orange carpet. That's it. Next time on the Pricing Game Spotlight, we'll take a look at Shell Game. That was a very disappointing Pricing Game Spotlight. That's ending off on a low note. So let's introduce a brand new segment looking at a listicle that I found online. This is the Rich List. (laughs) So Mick Jost of CinemaBland wrote a listicle called Seven Cancelled Game Shows Networks Need to Reboot. With shows like Ellen's Game of Games leading to the change of classics like The Price is Right holding strong, game shows are still very much a popular genre. As the world prepares for more like Mental Samurai and others with wacky premises, let's take a look at a handful of game shows we'd love to see Mick return in the near future. Legends of Hidden Temple, in an era where Nickelodeon had a handful of quality game shows on television, Legends of Hidden Temple was its best. Teams of kids competed in a competition of all physical skill, remembering a bit of dumb luck in order to make their way to the temple for a shot at the grand prize. The show really made those kids work for its grand prize, and only a handful seemed to succeed. The show is set so heavy and massive, it felt like a reboot today isn't possible. Although shows like the Titan Games and American Ninja Warrior should give folks optimism. Plus, Nickelodeon made a movie based on the game show years back. So maybe there's a chance contestants could yet again answer questions from Olmec or the Shrine of the Silver Monkey sometime in the near future. Watch for those Temple Guards until then. Not possible because Stone Stanley Productions split up. So Stone Productions and, and Stanley is kind of gone. So if there's ever going to be a chance at a Legend of the Hidden Temple reboot, it would not happen. because they can't have the Nickelodeon Studios anymore. So if they're going to reboot it, it'll have to be at a bigger studio space, which is very expensive. So I I don't know. But in its place of Legend of the Temple, there is, however, Paradise Run, which is a kind of a fun little Amazing Race kind of show set in Hawaii, which I do enjoy. One versus versus 100. A mob mentality can already be found on CBS's The World's Best, but few shows in television have utilized the massive audience bigger than 1 versus 100. As the title implies, one contestant took on 100 other players in a general trivia competition and saw folks eliminate after one correct answer. If the contestant was the last person standing, they won $1 million in the pride of knowing they're smarter than at least 100 others. It was a great concept and one that needs to come back to television immediately. Original host Bob Saget... Should have some time in his schedule to reprise his role as host now that Fuller House is ending. And what could think the network could add an additional smartphone element to really bring this game to a modern era? We a show where folks can play at home and compete with people on TV. Let's make it happen, Hollywood. Once again, won't happen. One, Bob Saget was not really big on Fuller House. It was only like a guest appearance. Second of all, uh, one versus one hard wouldn't work if you're doing smartphones because then you because these are all pre-recorded like months in advance before they edited unless you're looking for a live game show in which case things like HQ exist 1 versus 1 her is definitely a game show that should be revived because that was the very first game show we talked about right here on game shows I suppose because of the battle royale genre all right next the newlywed, game. the newlywed game was a premise that never really gets old, which is probably why it's been revived a handful of times. That said, a new episode hasn't been seen since 2013, which means it's time to start considering a new reboot. Think of all the things we have happened in the dating world since then, and how great it would be to see newlyweds answer questions their partners should know about them. This would be especially fun to watch in an age of Tinder and rampant social media use where crazy stories and habits are much easier to track. A show could really dig in some wild territory and lead to drama television audiences secretly crave or a bit of raunch that's just the acceptable line that can be showcased on network television. Both sound great, so let's hope someone is already putting in the leg legwork for the latest revival. I actually came up with an idea for a newlywed game reboot. My idea was with Moe Kashner and Natasha Leggero. Because they did the honeymoon tour and they have really good crowd work, that they should be the host for a new newlywed game revival, uh, with three questions in the first round being one hundred dollars, two hundred dollars, three hundred dollars, and in round two, four hundred dollars, five hundred dollars, and seven hundred fifty dollars. With actually a thousand dollars, sorry, a thousand bucks, whoever whereas the most money after all six questions uh, wins the bonus vacation. Whatever happens, so it's more played for laughs and a little bit of money, and no one walks away empty-handed. It is one of those shows that would work in Family Feud. Totally agree. Next is At Midnight. Uh, well, according to Chris in an interview of Vince, At Midnight wasn't a show primed to deal with the increasingly political nature of comedy in America at large, with politics dominating I mean, social media and other areas the show looked to for inspiration. Harwick decided to hang the show up rather than try to make it something it didn't see fit. Well, would we assume that means a revival isn't happening anytime soon unless it changes his mind. No, we're never bringing it back At Midnight. I'm sorry. Uh, because a parody comedy game show panel game, everything is political. I'm sorry. Sorry, things got political, folks. We, I, we did a political episode today, didn't we? Next, True for Consequences. True for Consequences was a hit back in the day and wasn't hard to see why. Contestants were asked ridiculously difficult questions and when they failed, presented with a truth to answer. Uh, audiences' members could answer or opt instead to do an embarrassing stunt in its place. The show had a long run on television and it was at one point the proving ground for one high-profile game show host, Bob Barker. A revival might do well, although an attempt in the late 80s didn't reignite the same spark at Austin's hook from the 50s and the late 70s. Some segments, like the tearful surprise reunions, could be difficult to pull off as great of an emotional effect, but would still get a decent response considering Mary shows still utilize that premise. Really, the big draw here is the embarrassing stunts, which the world can't get enough of. Um, they actually did try that. Uh, Phil Gurren of OSIT fame is trying to bring back True for Consequences. He's always been trying to bring back True for Consequences. Look towards Phil Gurin to try and bring back True for Consequences. In fact, I believe they were turned to a pilot for True for Consequences on Fox three years ago, and it flopped. Uh, Wild West Showdown. What the fuck? Uh, okay. I mean, this is kind of now turning into game shows, I suppose, territory if we're going from, like, good hit shows that people know to Wild West Showdown wild west showdown is one of the more obscure entries on this list but hands down one of the most interesting this short-lived series pitted contestants in old west style competitions for cash prizes it was essentially american gladiators with cowboys it was created by the american gladiators guys contestants engaged in log rolling jumping on runway stagecoaches and being dragged by a horse while tied to a rope the waiver sheet for this show must have been airtight it would be great to see a show like this return to television 2019 well, Westwood is still popular. It would be cool to see people competing in a themed show like this, especially when the odds of massive falls and fails are high. If watching people fail miserably at physical challenges wasn't entertaining, Wipeout would have been such a popular show. Well, it's American Gladiators of Cowboys. They were called Outlaws. I have to find a guest to talk about this show because holy cow. And that is a pun intended. Uh, next. MTV's cruelest dating game, one contestant went on blind dates with a varying number of singles who competed to be the person chosen for a date. If they were nexted, the competitor would return to the RV and the others would watch everyone else compete. Once the contestant found the match, they would then proposition the competitor as rather they would like to go on a set another date or receive a dollar for each minute they spent on the date. Next had some truly legendary moments, of which were fueled by the petty and shallow nature of the MTV 20-somethings. A revival would be just as cruel, but not to say it wouldn't be fun to watch all the time. After all, there is a way to do this competition without being a douchebag, although it never seemed that anyone managed to do that. That's because everything was scripted. Next was this almost a borderline scripted show. None of it was real like at all like they intentionally had dunces so they would be next and immediately others would just be there just so they can say next immediately the the lines they said were already given to them the information delivered was false it, none of it's real the only game aspect of it really was just like do you go on a second date or not and finally figured out which i think just got revived like five years ago um figure it out because this is nickel and stars to try to guess keywords on a board that reveal the unique talent of a contestant a child contestant competing on the show panelists ask the contestant questions to which it would probably be yes or no if they happen to say one of the key words, it would appear on the board. If the celebrities couldn't guess the phrase to highlight the contestant's talent after three rounds, the contestant won. It figured out revival would be great for kids, but also a concept that would work relatively well with adults as well. Granted, the whole slime element for saying a secret word would feel odd in a mature setting, or maybe not considering its younger viewers are now well into adulthood. Get the brothers from Pete and Pete and a couple other shows on the celebrity panel, and this would make for a great dose of classic Nickelodeon nostalgia. It already got revived. The photo you're showing is the Nickelodeon reboot with Jeff Suffin. Oh my God. It got rebooted like a few years back. In fact, it had two seasons. The reason it got canceled was because all of the panelists who were on Nickelodeon shows at the time had their shows canceled. Victorious was canceled. I believe, uh, what was that? Marvin Martian was canceled. The guy who played Fred like all of his shit got canceled. So none of this works. None of this works. They didn't figure it out. You're using the photo. Why cinema blend? Why? (laughs) What is wrong with you? Oh, well, uh, that this has been the rich list and I'm about to have a nervous breakdown. Join me next week for a brand new episode uh, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at jordha, J-O-R-D-H-A. L- uh, look at more episodes at jordanhaas.com. And let's get me trending so I can be the host of Card Sharks. Hashtag Jordan 4 Card Sharks. Until next week, have a good night and big smooch! Mwah! <laughs>